This is I Will Hunt. I'm your host, Rudy Getzig. I will be interviewing folks in my quest to learn how to hunt. I know I have a lot to go over, and you can learn with me. Listen in. Do I have what it takes? Will I hunt? I will hunt from the heartland to the shore. And I may not find nothing, and my rifle turns to rust. But I will hunt. So, you know, here we are again, uh, sitting in the sitting in the gun shop, not the not the not the sales spot, but in the nope. shop. And uh, where'd you get this this old log here? Is this from the property? So, uh, this is gonna let the listeners delve into the mindset of Chris Cantrell. I bought this property uh, eight years ago, and I thought, and uh, I lived in in town before. And, um, like in c- city blocks or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, neighbors everywhere, little street, you know, type of deal. And so yeah, I'm now I'm out in the country, middle of nowhere. You can't see anyone. I shoot guns on my property. You know, there's deer, bear, and stuff running everywhere. And I was like, this is awesome. I go, I got to have a giant, like, ranch-style entrance, right? Like, I'm talking big, huge logs, uh, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And so my wife's uncle... Uh, runs a, a logging outfit, and he goes, come down and ch- pick out some logs. He goes, we got these these logs, like ce- these big cedars with flared butts that we can't use because we're, mm. you know, they won't work for what we want. So, oh, great. So I go down, I pick out a couple, I mean, massive. I get hire a logging truck, they haul them up to the house. This is, honestly, it's probably seven years ago when I bought the logs. I cut this I cut this uh, table off the end of one of those logs that mm. is still stacked in the back of the property. <laughs> uh, so the entrance is still not up, but this is the first thing I've used off of those logs. And so we have a, a giant flared butt of a western red cedar uh, used as a coffee table that we're looking at right now. And I, I want to say it's like 44 inches across or something like that. I mean, it's a big it's piece of wood. It's good size. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah, I I I realizing looking at this that I like flared butts. Right, yeah, I, yeah, I like I like real. I big cannot butts. lie. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's nice. And just the, the I noticed it right when I came in. I couldn't see the dang table because because it's kind of hidden from view. If you and, and when you come in the shop, you kind of want to look around. Right, but I can smell it. Yeah, like it just kind of brings that. You know, I like that. You <sighs> it's know, it's got a good musk to it. Yeah, I like it. It's like Old Spice. So I was up. Uh, I was up at Hearts Pass. Um. And I know in the hunting uh, world, mm-hmm. you should never tell people where you were. And I was not hunting, so I could say that. I was okay. like, hey, I was up at Hearts right. Pass, and uh, and uh, this is over Eastern Washington, Winthrop, Mazama area. Okay. And uh, I'm sure you're somewhat familiar with the area. Yeah, but uh, you can lay lay it out as if I don't know where we're at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, actually, Hearts Pass is the the last road you come to in the hiking world to canada so it's 30 miles of trail from canada um and it's, it's still very on the east side of the mountains okay. um but uh but it's 30 miles north of highway 20 at rainy pass and so hearts passes is you go into mazama which is, is just about 20 minutes before winthrop on on highway 20 there and you're going to come back west uh about 24 miles something like that up to hearts pass and you're sitting at about 6,300 feet, so it's, it's it, the road itself. When you go up to Slate Peak as a lookout, there uh, is actually the highest 
road in Washington. It's kind of known for wow. just being the the um, more than any of the roads on Rainier or the Olympics or anything. So hmm. um, it, it's a cool area. You're up there in the meadows and and kind of sort of above tree line. Well, it's kind of funny. I say above tree line, but but so many dang fires come through there. The only reason you're above tree line is because all the trees are burnt. Right. Uh, but uh, but I can imagine there's probably a lot of hunters that go in that area and. Um, uh, I saw something that was kind of strange. I was going to bring it up to you and, and just kind of see what you say. And I, I and for the listeners, I hadn't brought this up prior to, so this is, Chris is hearing this for the first time. But, um, I was coming out, uh, on, you know, on a Sunday and I'm driving down and there, there I'd seen some bow hunters up there. Mm-hmm. I think some sort of bow season was open over there or something. Ar- archery has opened in Washington. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So I saw saw a couple, not not honestly not a lot, not even a whole lot of cars at trailheads. So um not sure what was going on there. Maybe just not a lot of bow hunters. But uh anyway, uh did see a all white truck with US government plates. And didn't think much about it. I was coming down. Well, we had heard because this last weekend there had been a huge storm that came through, and it actually was pretty cool up there. It was lightning, thunder. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, you're you're sitting above six thousand feet, and it feels like that lightning's right there. You know. Right. Uh, so anyway, coming down, and they then uh, the, there's a volunteer ranger up there, and he had mentioned there might be some sort of a slide on the road, which is never a good thing to hear when there's only one road out. Right. And so. So I come up on this white truck and still hadn't seen any kind of slide. So I stopped to talk to them just to find out if they knew anything about it. They didn't seem like they wanted to talk to me at all. And I was kind of like, yeah, I just wanted to find out. Like they, they were kind of like almost uh, boxing me out like I was playing basketball or something, you know, right. like they were maybe trying to hide something. And, uh, and, and, and so, so I say, hey, I'm just kind of curious if you guys knew anything about this, this, this slide that might be down here. And, uh, and, and they said, oh, yeah, and then the guy turns around and he's talking and stuff. And, well, one, it was a, there was a guy and a gal, and the gal had a spotting scope of sorts, and she's looking at the hill up above uh, across the ravine there. And, uh, and the, the, third, the third gentleman, and there's only the one truck, right, he looked just like a hunter. He had, you know, uh, camo, everything. He had the backpack, and, uh, you know, he had a, a beanie on and all kinds of stuff. And, huh. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And, you know, you think maybe they were going to maybe plant him out there somewhere? Or maybe. What, what, what kind of thing would they be doing like that, do you think? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I know that uh, back in the day, uh, there was a pretty big um, poaching ring out there. Mm. And so I don't. I haven't hunted out uh, towards the Winterberry in a while. But I know there's a lot of people that hunt out there, but there maybe there could be some sort of you know, poaching or they're trying to get out there, you know, they have a, uh, a program called like woods in the eye or eyes in the woods and different things like that. So maybe they were trying to sneak around and try and, mm. you know, if you, uh, it's crazy. I mean, you're out in the, you, like you're saying, you're in the middle of the 24 miles in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, you know, there's, there's good guys looking for bad guys. I should have taken their picture and peeled out and see what they did. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I don't know. What's, what's eyes in the woods then? Uh, it's just like a kind of like a report of poacher type of program, you know. So there's um, obviously there's there is there's always two sides to a coin, right? Mm-hmm. So for every hunter, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot more non-hunters than there are, than there are hunters, and there's a lot of people that feel very strongly about um not hunting which is fine 
And the, but there's some people that take it like two extremes to where people will like go out and harass hunters and nonsense like that. But there's also people that um, feel like maybe they generalize hunters in a category of like you know hillbilly rednecks out there drinking beer and shooting deer type of deal. So there's people that will go out specifically to you know watch hunters and make sure they're not you know breaking the law or and that's fine i have no problem with that you know get out there just push some critters around i'm guessing they're you know they're probably not set up as as good as i am as far as you know uh uh scent control and my my nice kenetrek boots and my good kuyu rain gear and all that so it depends on how nasty it is out there you know some <laughs> people are probably going to suffer a little bit but um yeah basically like you know then i'm all for you know people um, going out and, and trying to help game wardens and stuff like that, but they're not game wardens, you know, they're not trained. They don't know what they're doing and stuff like that. So I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge proponent of that just because of, um, like I said, the training and preparedness, you know, someone could go out there and get in big trouble. I mean, you know, I've been, I've been out in the woods and gotten in trouble cause I wasn't prepared. You know, uh, I don't know if I ever told you that story. Mm. Uh, was, mm. uh, maybe uh, side note, quick side note. Here we go. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, when's the best, snow lots of snow that year tons of snow so we're out and uh i'm i'm stuck up underneath a little uh like a little pine tree and i'm i'm sitting in the snow and this is back when i didn't have like i didn't have a pot to piss in you know so i got like a i got like one of those 399 uh $3.99 cent throwaway rain ponchos cuz i didn't couldn't afford like rain gear or anything that was like gore-tex or you know waterproof so i got this poncho on and I got my my hunting clothes, and I'm tucked up, and I'm in the in a snowbank, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching for deer. Well, I sit there for hours and hours and hours, and um, I don't have any feeling in my back, right? So when I broke my back and they cut down my oh. my spinal cord, they, it severs all the nerves, so I don't have any feeling, it, like in my in my whole back, right? So when it gets cold, <laughs> I don't, I can't, I don't know. So I'm sitting there, and apparently this my three dollar ninety nine cent poncho had ripped. Mm. and uh, my body heat had melted the snow, and the snow started to seep in. You know, I sat there for hours, right? So when I got up, I am soaked. I'm My whole back is just soaked through all the way, like soak-soaked. And um, and we're miles and miles from the truck, and there's a terrible snowstorm coming in, and the wind's whipping. So as soon as I get up, instantly I'm freezing cold. And uh, luckily my buddy Travis, uh, is, uh, one of my main hunting buddies, is uh just like he's like freaking davy crockett and daniel boone and he's just like the he's a mountain man and uh <laughs> he like had a fire starter you know like the old flint fire starter and he like you know we're in there's snow everywhere like how do you start a fire in the snow right and so he rustles up some stuff and he gets us and we get underneath some some trees you know trying to get out of the wind and he starts a fire and I literally strip down to my underwear and the wind and it's you know we're in feet of snow and uh I I had my boots on and I melted the tips of my boots I still remember that <laughs> and cuz they were like you know $89 boots which were really nice for me at the time and uh melted a bunch of holes in my in my clothes I was trying to dry out but I for like an hour I stood there in front of the fire and he got all dried out and then we then I was able to hike out but I was like I mean, hypothermic, shaking wow. uncontrollably, and yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff. So be prepared because you can get yourself in some deep shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that uh, that pair of underwear you're sitting in probably cost more than that rain fly, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that poncho you had on. Uh, uh, man, that's funny. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to lose them. That good pair of underwear. You probably still have them 
I don't know about you, but I still got some of my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have any memories in them or not, but you know, uh, yeah. Uh, so going back to uh, Hart's Pass a little bit, so uh, there was a group of bow hunters up there, and we we had seen them, and uh, it was kind of funny because I was up there. So so I was up there to do trail work. Okay. Uh, my other podcast is Cascade Hiker Podcast, and okay. one thing I mention a lot is uh, the fact that through the Pacific Crest Trail uh, Association, you can actually adopt a trail. Uh, a portion of the portion of the trail that you you can go up and do work on it whenever you want. Well, I have adopted Hart's Pass, so uh, from road to road, all the road crossings up there are my adopted section, and so I had scheduled this crew and I and I go up every. Well, the idea is to have my crew up there the weekend after Labor Day. This is my time to go, and uh, well, anyway, so uh, we get up early because we're going to go do trail work and get on the trail and, and go do it and. Well, the first day I had gotten up and we didn't leave so early the first day and I saw this truck driving and, and I and I knew it was a hunter because I'd seen him the night before too and uh and he's going about 5 miles per hour up that road and uh you know kind of kind of almost scouting from the truck you know right. maybe maybe looking for some signs or something and uh uh so so the next morning when I woke up and get in the car now us hikers, we just want to get from point A to point B. So I come bombing down the road, and here he gives going around the corner, going his five miles per hour. And I bet you I pissed him off. Man. <laughs> right. He's probably thinking, ah, oh, whatever I might have seen or, or or had been close is probably gone from wherever I drove from. So that's kind of funny, you know. You ever done any scouting from the from the truck like from that? From my uh, so because well well just to kind of lay it out. So up there, a uh, lot because like I talked about with the with the fires and things. You can see for a, quite a ways. It's not like like you say Western Washington kind of rainforest. It's more right. wide open, and you can actually see a lot. So he might not have been trying to shoot from the road, you know. But right. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. It's not like he was hunting. Right. He's so uh, so road hunting. It's something, you know. The I think uh, typically it's the older guys, you know, that can't get out and hike around. Like they still want to get out and. You drive around with your buddy and, you know, you tell the same story over and over and it changes a little bit, you know, every single time and uh, talk about the good old days and um, shot that uh, elk with a 22. <laughs> yeah. Remember that time? <laughs> and uh, and which is which is totally fine. You know, every, you know, it's it's a way to um, just get out and still enjoy it. And and, and I think uh, there's a lot of guys that do road hunt uh, and, and or scouting. And at the same time, um you know, it's it's pretty funny because I got a couple buddies who will give me a bunch of crap. Like I'll be like, oh, I just want to go. You know, I go to Montana for a month, right? Well, some days I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna go check out. You know, like 60 miles down this gravel road. Well, I'm not gonna go. You know, typically I'm not gonna. I'm not. You know, unless it's dark and I'm coming back. Like I'm gonna go five miles an hour, right? So I call it my my mobile ground blind, right? So I get on my mo- <laughs> uh, my, my my mobile ground Tell blind. Tell yourself stories, huh? right? Right, you know, and uh, and it is. It's like you basically you're road hunting. You're just driving around looking for critters and sign and new areas, and you're telling stories. And that, I mean, that's kind of it's kind of part of the allure uh, of 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 hunting. You know, is whether you're you know you're on a backpack hunt and you're way and you're 30 miles up on the Canadian border or you're you know, you're cruising around in your old, you know, Dodge diesel stinky loud pickup truck, you know, which is scaring everything around 
for miles, it doesn't really matter. You're just, you know, there's different types of hunts, and and I think there's there's always something to be taken away from all of them, and and I've enjoyed those, you know, and I'll do that this year too, you know. I'm dragging my dad over to Montana. I'm sure we're gonna cruise around. You'll hop on the nice. side by side, and hey, dad, let's go for a drive, you know. And hey, tell me about work. Hey, dad, tell me about that one time you shot that one buck, or you know, mm-hmm. like it's just. Uh, I bet your dad's got some good stories. We oh gotta have him come God. sit in a sit in sit in a couple times. Oh, well, we talked about a couple different people, but. Uh, one person I wouldn't mind having sit in uh, was this gal uh, that she never will, and I'm not going to name her. But, <laughs> but so so we're up there on this hiking event, right? And you know we're working on the trails and stuff, and um, and you'd have gotten a kick out of this. So so there we are, and um, I guess maybe it was the first night we're all having our dinner at our campsite, and to kind of lay it out. So there's there's a couple different roads up at Hearts Pass you can take, and, and there's a campground right at Hearts Pass. And then there's another campground they call the Meadow, and it's kind of down a ways. And from Meadow Campground, you can actually see a lot more, and you can see the actual Pacific Crest Trail walking across, and uh, and you can also see one of the trailheads, hmm. or or you can basically almost see one of the trailheads. So, um, so there that that pickup I was telling you about, mm-hmm. um, they come they were coming down with their headlights on. And uh, I said, oh, look, oh, there's that. And then the other gal said, oh, those are those hunters I was telling you about. And I said, oh, yeah, okay. And then, then the one gal, uh, older gal, uh, she says, well, they're not supposed to be hunting at night. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was just like, I said, well, you know, imagine if they were, you know, five miles down the trail hunting. Right. They had to come back, right? Right. And she just didn't get it. She was, right. like, she was like, yeah, but they can't. And then I hope they also know they can't hunt from their truck. And, uh, you know, I was just like thinking, man, and I even brought up the fact, because I think you told me uh, that you can get special permits anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, who are we to sit back and judge that there wasn't a handicapped person in that truck or right. whatever. But, yeah. oh, man, this gal, she wanted to try to get all uh, the all the stops out. It's kind of like what you were just talking about earlier, you know, the people that maybe think they're helping but maybe don't know enough to help, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you ever run into folks oh. out there? I mean, obviously in Montana it might be different, but around here people just – can't stand hunting and you see them on the trail or yeah you know everyone's got an opinion and i'm okay with that i've honestly i've gotten a lot better with it over the years i think you know the older i get uh you know you i think you kind of get used to it a little bit too but you always get somebody you know that gives you a bunch of crap or says or someone's always got an opinion about something whether it be say it's some say it's an old guy's trying to help you out you know be like well you guys should go over to this ridge and then walk down here, and there's a pond, and then uh, you know I always shoot a big buck right there. And then and then you you know you ask them, oh wow, when was the last time you were there? Well, it was probably about 1976, I think was the last time. Like oh, well, there's, there's a shopping yeah. there's a shopping mall there now. <laughs> there's no pond, you know like. Uh, uh, so even even when people are helpful, but it's always it's always interesting to hear you know like. You know, oh, you know, you guys can't do this, you can't do that, or like, oh, you know, I would say maybe five percent of the time it's truthful and or helpful, and the rest of the time you're just like, ah, oh, you know, you get a good laugh out of it, or you know, it's uh, like for instance, my parents are getting up there in age to where their friends are kind of the same way, you know, and they all mm. know that I own a gun shop and that I hunt a lot, and so that they, they, everyone always has some sort of you know, little, little <laughs> gem, you know, <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. to throw in there. <laughs> well, you know, I was reading on the internet uh-huh. and the internet said, 
okay, all right, just sit here and just sit. You know, they're old, just let them have it, yep. you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's like you said, I think there's a there's a certain percentage of the population, uh, maybe if it's only 5% or whatever, and they just 100% everything bad about hunting. Right. You know, they right. just think there could be nothing good about it, and they just and, – and, they're going to be completely blind to, to what might be, you know, like we talked about uh, the restoration for animals and, mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the public land things. And, you know, I don't know. I, that was one thing, you know, <laughs> I said this in the last episode too, without trying to get too political. Right. But, uh, but I was listening to, I believe it was meat eater. Could have mm-hmm. been, could have been one of the other podcasts, but uh, that I listened to about hunting and they were actually concerned about somebody that was just recently put in as uh, uh, kind of was directed by our administration, current administration, to oversee public lands. Oh, right. And yeah. kind of more somebody that's into oil mm-hmm. or drilling of some sorts. And, right. And I, I was kind of interested because cause I would see that most hunters are probably leaning towards maybe the Republican side, but then, then huh, well, that's kind of interesting to hear them talk about that because right. that's kind of almost like a more – uh, you know, liberal view. Uh, right. So yeah, it's kind of, there, there's some fine lines and I guess that's kind of where it gets into the fact that maybe there shouldn't be such a black and white, you know, you're either one or the other because a lot right. of people are kind of both. Right. Know? Yeah. So. I, th- I think, um, you know, cause people ask me all the time and I'm sure, you know, um, you know, you get this question as well. So, you know, people like, you know, people ask you, why do you hunt? You know, like, Oh boy, you know, like how much time you got? Like, there's a lot of reasons I hunt, you know, like, um, I think I was telling you earlier, like, man, I was hurting. I had to get up, you know, I had a, went on a, went on a food bender, you know, it's fair season here in Washington and I like my scones and elephant ears, you know? So I ate t- way too much this weekend and I tried been sticking with the diet. So I got up this morning, you know, it was squat day, which is terrible for me. Cause I was telling you, I got no, you know, no mobility, but it's, uh, you know, I'm down there just beating up those weights and cause I'm trying to get ready cause I have to be in shape. There's, there's, it's, it's not an option. It's not like, oh, well, if I'm in, you know, I'll still have a great time if I'm in terrible shape when I go hunting. No, you won't. No, mm-hmm. not for the type of hunting I want to do. There's, I already have so many hikes and hunts planned out to where, you know, I got to go up and over mountains. I'm with guys who can't pack out animals. They're just not physically fit enough. So I need to make sure that I shoulder that responsibility. And I love being in shape, but it's really easy to not be in shape, you know? So that's a very um, fixed part of my hunting, right? I have to be in shape and that's, but it's part of the reason I hunt. I love it because it keeps me accountable to where, you know, the old, I mean, I'm turning 40 this year, so it's really easy to just be like, there's no reason I'm I'm married, you know, got a hot wife, you know, she doesn't care (laughs) if I get fat. She doesn't care (laughs) if you still have the same underwear. (laughs) Right. You know, (laughs) so, you know, that's, that's part of it. You know, obviously the meat aspect of it, you know, I love, uh, you know, going out and harvest, you know, that's why I'm a big game hunter as well. You know, I had this conversation with a guy about hunting ducks. He's like, oh, you know, you gotta go out and you get to pull the trigger 20, 30, 40, 50 times in a day. You know, you only get to go, you go for a month, you only get to pull the trigger once. And I go, yeah, but, you know, like that reward is I just like eating deer and elk more than I like eating duck, you know, and that's the reason I don't go out and shoot a bunch of ducks, you know, even though I used to, um, you know, and it's vacation too. Like it's my, you know, it's my one big vacation for the year. Uh, it's time to recharge my battery, my batteries, and not only, not only, um, you know, mentally, but, you know, a lot of guys, you know, talk about spiritually and stuff like that, you know, just being out in the woods, being by yourself, being with your friends and family, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, and, 
um, you know, I think that's, I think it's a very attractive thing to a lot of people, but at the same time, it's very difficult. You know, it's really, it's really hard to get up at six o'clock in the morning, and go do squats. I don't like it. You know, <laughs> I, I really don't. It's hard, you yeah. know, um, you know, it's hard to climb mountains. It's hard to make a bunch of extra money to buy the diesel truck, to pull the toy hauler, to stay in the seven seventeen 17 below zero, you know, cause I'm not staying in a wall tent, you know, and, and uh i want to have a nice gun with a good optic and that all that costs money and so it's 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 extra stuff that i got to do for work but i i like having all that and it's uh you know a lot that goes into it and i'm like i said i'm sure that you probably you know now that you started this podcast mm-hmm. you know you probably get the questions so like you know why does why does rudy want to go hunting yeah i actually haven't uh, not a lot of people in fact uh i was gone all weekend and my wife said uh Said their church on Sunday said, "Well, where's?" Said people were saying, "Oh, I see Rudy's not here. Was he out hunting?" And uh, you know, just kind of a natural thing. Right. Just kind of. Uh, and she said it was really weird when people asked me that because, you know, maybe they just don't know that you don't hunt. Right. <laughs> you know, because I still haven't hunt. Will right. I hunt? You know. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, no, I, I haven't had anybody. But if I do, it'll be some of my hiking friends for sure. Right. And I don't know. Yeah, there was a guy actually because. Because I throw out my my work party to anybody, um, you know it's an open thing through the Pacific Crest Trail Association, and and one of the guys that come and I, and I hope you're listening, Rick, because uh, he has listened to every episode of my hiking podcast. I want to say there's over 160 at this point wow. episodes, and he's just you know he's he's a guy that likes to listen to podcasts anyway, and uh, you know you find one you like and you tend to stick with it. Well, um, I was surprised because if he if if he if he fell in love with this voice. Uh, <laughs> which I think is hilarious because, you know, people say that about podcasts, but, uh, you know, oh, gosh, that guy, Chris, that you do that podcast with has such a good voice. <laughs> like, well, I think good. You know, well, he's a good-looking guy too. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, if he fell in love with my voice, I just I kind of find it weird that maybe he wouldn't have checked out the hunting one. But then again, you know, maybe he has some reservations with hunting, but he didn't want to verbalize that to me. And I kind of feel bad if, if that was the case because um, – I wouldn't look badly on him for having his own opinions, you know? And, um, mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe a lot of times too. And it, and it could come across in the fact that like you talk about sometimes is, you know, not only are you a big guy, but I'm an even bigger guy. And, and sometimes people get intimidated by that to where we can't even have a conversation though. Right. Like, I'm not going to sock you over right. whether, whether you want to, you know, shoot an animal or not. Or, right. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just haven't ran into that, but, um, if I did, Maybe, too, it was because I kept my mouth shut. Like that gal I was talking about, I could have I could have gotten further with right. the conversation, and then maybe there might have been some sort of a, uh, a, you know, a talk about it. But I don't know. Maybe maybe if I ever do get to the point where I'm, I'm shooting animals, then, yeah. You know, we'll, maybe, maybe the conversation will be more open, easier I, to have. I think it's part of the problem is it's hard. You know, like I think both of us, you know, even though that we, we are t- – pretty large guys you know um i think it can be i don't like confrontation like i don't have i don't like you know people like oh well let's debate about this like you just want to argue with me like you know um so people at home i'm i'm like six four two fifty five rudy's six four six five yeah about three fifty yeah like you know we're 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 large men and and i would say the vast majority of people who have um wanted to debate are, are typically much smaller women 
in mm-hmm. in general. Um, they like say for instance, so I have a bunch of parties right at the house all the time, and so the downstairs of my house is a natural history museum. There's a ton of taxidermy there, um, an incredible amount of 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 time and energy and a crap load of money has gone into that. Um, and I'm, I'm very passionate about it. And so when people come and the, the first thing they do is they freak out and they start, you know, <laughs> like, how could you do this? And you're a terrible person and all this. It's, it's hard. You know, you, everyone has a knee jerk reaction, right? E- on both sides. So I feel like I've gotten better. And honestly, probably through a, a lot of listening to podcasts, as far as being able to talk to people and say, Hey, you know, like what, what makes you upset? about this why are you upset right now because there's you know because there's taxidermy animals in my downstairs and you think that you know like you like so for instance people who have kids like us we both have kids you know you buy them you buy them bed sheets and you buy them toys and you buy them things and they all have like jerry the giraffe or you know billy the bear or stuff like everybody they anthropomorphize these animals to where you know like they have these human qualities and all this stuff and um and i feel like that's just kind of bred into uh, our society same with like cartoons like i'll watch cartoons with my kid and it's like the hunter's always a bad guy there's there's not there is not a cartoon where you know and i watched like we were watching open season you know it's like an old you know move yeah. cartoon movie you know and like these hunters come in and you know he's got beer cans flying out of his truck and he's trying to shoot all the critters <laughs> and everything and that's and i and i don't honestly don't that doesn't bother me i don't take it personally but you know as far as like as a society hunters are always bad guys right so i feel like through these podcasts i think it opens up to where people can sit at their sit in their home and listen and say oh okay maybe these guys aren't terrible people and maybe there are some aspects of it, you know, maybe like Rudy wants to get in hunting. Well, Rudy's a, a hiker. Why would he want to, why would he want to do this? You know, like Chris seems like a decent guy. You know, he doesn't, he sell like real estate and stuff. Like why would he have a gun shop and why would he put so much effort and time and money into uh, hunting and, and all of this? And, and it's just, there's so many aspects of it. Like I said, you know, it's, it's physical and it's mental and it's spiritual. And uh, there's, 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 it's just like, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't go hunting every year. Mm. Like I would be crushed. I mean, it would absolutely crush me. And, and, and if, you know, there's lots of rules and regulations going into effect as far as everything, right? Not as, you know, hunting and, and guns and bullets. Like California just banned uh, bullets with any type of lead in them. So you got to, you know, readjust. Like a, a lot of the bullets I shoot have lead in them. And, and I understand, you know, uh. lead's not the best thing in the world, but at the same time, is it, you know, I'm shooting a couple bullets a year. Is it a bad thing? No. Um, but, you know, uh, you have to adjust, like, because everything is hand-loaded, right? So I have custom hand-loads to get the highest accuracy out of each gun. And so when things change, and that's, things always change, you know, it's just something that maybe I need to be a little more open to, um and again, I, uh, I'm going to hammer this home going back to podcasts. Like I was listening to, um, so the meat eater podcast, they got the whole meat eater yeah. universe. They have one called the hunting collective mm-hmm. and, uh, Ben O'Brien. And he talks, uh, like he went to, um, he went down to like, yeah, Ber- I heard that one. Yeah, Berkeley. And then he mm-hmm. goes and he went and talked with a bunch of like vegans and he, and, uh, and you know, 25 year old Chris would not have listened to that. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm almost 40, you know, I'm like, you know what? This is pretty interesting. I'd, I'd like to see their viewpoint, like, 
I understand people love animals. I love animals, you know. Uh, you know, I have, you know, we have, I have a farm, you know. We have goats and horses and ducks and chickens and all this stuff. And, uh, and those are just pets, you know. I don't, I don't eat those things, you know. But at the same time, I love shooting elk. I think they're delicious. I like everything about the hunt, you know. I like, uh, I like the challenge and I like, uh, you know, uh, like I said, uh, the meat is a big part of it. You know, if I couldn't eat meat, you know, that would really suck. I think that would, uh, you know, that would probably hinder a lot of my hunting stuff. But, um, you know, there's just so many different aspects of it that I enjoy and that I think that are very attractive to a lot of people. But there's so much social pushback on hunting because it's always been, like I said, go back to the cartoons, it's always been the hunter's a bad guy. I think the the funny thing to me when you were talking about that, and I forgot where that where Ben O'Brien had done those podcasts. And side note, I'm glad he waited till further episodes to do those because, to be honest with you, I like his podcast, but I didn't really like the way he would interview people. I found some of his – I felt like he was very strong in his interviewing. Like he wanted to get his point across most of the time gotcha. instead of listen, listen to people. And a lot of us interviewers do that. I, if, you, if you listen to my very first ever interview, I've strong, I knew all the answers, and I didn't <laughs> let them tell it. You know, it's kind of funny. But uh, anyway, uh, so I felt like that was probably a pretty good time for him to go down and do that because I felt like he let them say what they wanted to say. Um, anyway – that that's beside the point but the point i was going to say was that it was in berkeley that you said right Oh, okay yeah uh that makes me think of seattle Mm -hmm. and and i think of seattle as uh where there might be a pretty good high population of people that might not care for hunting right um but then you look at it too because i'm also a hiker and i love nature um loving nature doesn't mean I want to save the animals. It means I like that there's that area where there could be animals or whatever. Well, guess what Seattle is? Seattle is like the anti – how many elk do you think are living in downtown Seattle? <laughs> right. I mean, it's all cement and buildings and things, and it's like, so you're going to tell me that you don't want any animals? Where are they going to live? Right. Where are these animals that anybody's going to eat going to live anyway? Right. Uh, you know, so if I'm talking to the non-vegan, you know, if somebody else. <laughs> Another side note, I just remember something. The guy Rick, that's a listener earlier, right? He's a vegetarian, so yeah. that's probably why he hasn't listened to the podcast uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But uh, no, so I don't know if that makes any sense to you though. But how are you going to tell me uh, somebody that maybe eats factory farming uh, that lives in Seattle? That just seems like such a weird dichotomy to me that you're going to be anti me going out and you know the the I don't know the terminology is harvesting an animal whatever it is right. uh, that that's bad when you live in concrete jungle that used to be a thriving uh, thing now that's also not really fair probably either because well people need jobs and they need mm-hmm. you know so I mean there are some things to that but. Okay, well, right. Argue now, you know. I'd like to hear that, you know. Right. So, what do you? Is that that kind of make sense to you at all? Or yeah, I I feel like um, you know, that's one of the things that makes like the United States incredible, and I love it. It's the greatest country on earth. You know, I've traveled quite a bit. I've been to a lot of different countries, and uh, you know, it's not. It's the melting pot. It's not homogenous. It's got. I think it's gotten a little out of control. I think with the advent of the internet and social media, to where people look, you know maybe voice their opinions a little um, that maybe aren't 
it's not it's not so much their opinion it's just how loud they say it they don't care if they're right it's just they want to be you know different and loud and that's not not necessarily really who you know maybe these people are or what they're doing but if you know it's like ah uh, you know you go to Seattle and it's like um I love Seattle and I also hate Seattle you know like I I so I was in construction growing up and I used to work there all the time and it was awesome you know and uh you know I'd go down there and watch like uh you know amazing people perform street art and then you'd see like the sad side of it were the hobos and now uh with all the heroin that's there and that that's why like you know, you're like, like, oh, God, you know, you these people are so out of touch with the world, but they're so dialed into the world, right? Because all everyone lives on social media to where if I told someone, hey, take a month off and go just hike around the woods in Montana, they'd be like, freaking, that's crazy. You're nuts, <laughs> you know? And they're like, no, I got to work, you know, 75 hours a week and be here. And then, then I'm like, that's nuts, you know? Like, how can you not go out in the world? But it's just, you know we get stuck in our own little pockets and I like, you know, we were talking about breaking into rigs and stealing stuff. Like, yeah, if I brought all my guns and I had them in a truck under my trailer and I parked them down in Seattle and I left for a week and came back, I guarantee they'd be all gone, you know, just because that's, that's the, that's, there's a lot of thieves and there's a lot of stealing and there's a lot of desperate people down there and there's a lot of drug addicted people down there. And when you go into a hunting camp, there's typically not any of that. Right. Uh, you know, worst things, worst thing in hunting camp is, you know, well, Uncle Bill has a couple too many Coors Lights and, you know, falls down and you got to drag him into his camper or something, you know. Um, but it's, I feel like it's it's beneficial for me to like the Ben O'Brien podcast and some of these other podcasts to listen to these guys and see their other, see the points of view and like really sit down and think about it. Like, okay, well, you know, I understand why people don't eat meat. You know, I get it. You know, um, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I bought a Costco chicken this weekend, you know, and I know, I, I mean, we got a chicken farm right up here in Mount Vernon and one of my buddies ran it for a long time and I've been up there and I've seen <laughs> the trucks come in and it's terrible, you know, probably not the one you got though. Right. Probably yeah. not the one I got, <laughs> but you know, so, you know, everyone can do their little part. Right. And, and, and if it, and I, I would totally be lying if I said, oh, I went hunting just because I'm, you know, trying to be pure of heart and do this great deed just for the just for the meat and for the animal no it's i mean it's very selfish like i said i got up at six this morning and worked out because i want to be it keeps me in better shape you know i love being at, like you don't need to go hunting for a month in montana it just i work all year to afford that because it's like it's a soul cleansing refresh you know restart you know reboot the hard drive and it's it's i, I love it you know i love every aspect of it i'm gonna go fishing i'm gonna go hiking i'm gonna go driving i'm gonna hang out with buddies like i said i'm taking my dad uh there's all there's so many different aspects to it it's not just like this is this one little thing like oh because i hate factory farming you know these mega companies and all this stuff i get it people need jobs you know is it the best thing in the world no is there a better way maybe i don't know you know i don't own a factory farm i don't own tyson chicken you know Maybe there's a better way they could do it. But the thing is, there's a supply and there's a demand, you know. So a lot of these people that live in the city, maybe they don't have the tools. Maybe they don't have, um, you know, the education. Maybe they don't have the want to go out and go right. hunting and get their own meat. And if they're going to eat meat, um, you know, and that's why they don't. And some people make that choice. Well, I there's a reason I work so hard and I make the money I do is because I'm going to Montana, 
you know, and I'm going to go shoot a deer or I'm going to go shoot an elk and I'm going to bring that home and I'm going to eat it, you know. Um, but that's not going to stop me from occasionally buying a Costco chicken either. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. there's no, no one's perfect, I guess is what I'm trying to say. The one that gets me that you brought up, and I know, I think we even talked about this off air before uh, briefly, um, that I wanted to bring it up and, and you, you slid it in there. Uh, there's a, there's a couple of things that are like talking points in, I don't know whether it's political or, or whatever, where they say like, well, those kids are soft because they got trophies when they were kids for doing nothing. And I'm always like, uh, okay, maybe, but I don't know about you. I guarantee you I got a trophy when I was a kid for doing nothing. Right. I know I did. Right. I, I guarantee I did. Our whole generation probably did. Early 80s to mid-80s, it was just a thing. Everybody got a freaking trophy. <laughs> so half these people that are saying this, they either gave it to their kid or had their kid in the same sports that had it, or they were a kid themselves that got a trophy themselves. And so for, for, that, for that to go out, now you didn't bring that up. The part you brought up that is another talking point is the whole Bambi thing. And – I don't know about you, but I watched Bambi when I was a kid. Right. And I also saw this uh, open season and, and you know, some of the, Elmer Fudd was a was a dumb right. you know, hunter and stuff. And but that doesn't change my views on on, you know, going out and shooting an animal. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that when you were a kid, you probably saw some of those things, too. Mm-hmm. And so it's a weird argument for me to hear people. And Ben O'Brien brings it up. And I know uh, Meat Eater and Joe Rogan talks about it, too. But I know at some point in their childhood, they had to have seen that. Their parents didn't blind them from all that media, uh, the kids type, you know, thing. So, so it's really, it it's just comes from a strange place mm-hmm. to me. Uh, does, do you see where I'm coming from with yeah. the argument? No. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, that's, uh, you know, people, people that grew up watching Bambi. Well, hold on. I've watched Bambi, so I can't really use that as a, right. as a thing, right? Or can I? I don't know. No, we watch, you know, I got a four-year-old and we watched a lot of cartoons and, you know, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting, especially raising a human being in this day and age to where we'll watch, um, you know, we'll watch My Little Pony, right? Me and my daughter, she's four. Uh, and, you know, maybe later on she'll go downstairs and I'm putting some hunting stuff away downstairs and, uh. And we're downstairs in the museum, and she looks over, and there's a zebra. You know, I went to South Africa, shot a zebra, got it mounted. It's in my downstairs. And uh, she goes, you know, oh, that's like uh, so-and-so on My Little Pony. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, did you kill it, Dad? Yeah, I did. You know, and then explaining that to a four-year-old, you know, uh, in a way that she can understand it. And at the same time, you know, she's very, she's very innocent, and she's not tainted you know she doesn't have a facebook account she hasn't had the (laughs) social media beat her down and change her views so she just like she asks very blunt questions and very direct at this point why did you kill that dad you know and i said you know i'll sit down and i thought well honey you know i was in south africa and we were hunting and when i shot this you know we used everything of the animal right there's a lot of zebras there and um we fed a bunch of people, and then Daddy paid a bunch of people, too, a bunch of money. And then I got taxidermy done over there, and Dad paid even more money to these other people. And then I had it shipped, and then I paid more money to these other people. And she goes, and she's like, oh, so, you know, okay, 
that's all right and then that's it that's the end of the conversation you know um it's not there's not this big uh you know oh right off the get you know oh well, you're a terrible person because you shot this thing or you did that or did that you know like you're saying before someone's riding on the road say you don't know who's in that truck maybe right. there's Maybe there's a you know a, a wounded veteran that has one leg or no legs or you know grandkids in the back watching Bambi. Yeah, you know, like there's uh, there's I don't know. I feel like there's people are so knee jerk nowadays that um, they don't give anything a chance to listen to what the other person has to say. And and I'm not going to say I'm perfect. You know, I'm sure I've done that many times in my life. But I'm I'm trying to be like okay, like say for instance, if there was a vegan here and he, I would like. T- tell you know tell me your story tell me your thoughts you know why why this and why that you know maybe they wouldn't like being in you know like we're in the gun shop i got a bunch of elk mounts in here and i got a black bear and you know i've i've shot and i've eaten and i've mounted all of these things and i can tell you a story behind every single hunt and i can tell you why i mounted it and i you know this uh, might not be the best room to have that conversation right <laughs> yeah which might freak some people out but at the same time there's a reason behind everything too you know and and hopefully you know i could articulate that to somebody who maybe doesn't see it from my point of view you know and so uh well that's that's kind of a you bring up kind of an interesting point and you know my wife and i would go to church and and, and we do that kind of thing and um i would say bringing bringing a vegan in a place like this or into your downstairs museum or something like that uh, in in the in intentions to have a conversation about it would almost be what you would call like Bible thumping, right? Oh, okay. Uh, you know, right. I mean, I'd be like pull right. that Bible out of the back pocket and thump it with it and say, "Look, <laughs> right. you screwed up." But wait a minute, I'm the one forcing it down your throat. You know what I mean? Right. Like uh, like those you know puts a puts a bad connotation on it, right? Right. Um. <laughs> so I that's one thing I do kind of like about the Ben O'Brien episode that you talked about was he went into their their place and he went right. there on their grounds to talk about it and he probably didn't have a right. elk shed in the back of his pocket to pull out or where you know just keep right. joking around but um you know so that was that was kind of nice that, that but, but if it was somebody you knew that knew you had all these things here then that would be understandable yeah because there's a lot of people i mean i got a lot of friends that don't hunt and they you know and don't get me wrong i mean over the years i've gotten a lot of crap from even you know like i have a lot of buddies that don't hunt and um that don't really understand it, you know, maybe after a few beers, they start giving me some shit and, and, uh, I don't have that serious of a conversation with a lot of those guys, but at the same time, you know, I can, you know, Hey, you know, what kind of questions you got? Why don't you like this? You know, what, what, what upsets you? You know, what, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to know? You know, if you don't want to know anything, you just want to yell at me. Okay, get that out. And then let's go have another beer. You know, that's fine. I don't care. You know, some people are just, maybe they're having a bad day. I don't know. You know, there's an old saying uh, that I think it goes back to what you're what you're talking about with where people want to jump to conclusions or they want to assume things about things. How about you don't? How about you just don't care? You know, the thing is, unless unless there's a problem, unless unless hunting was getting out of hand and the government wasn't involved. Okay, but but what about that old saying, "Live and let live"? Right. You know, that's that's where I come in sometimes. I'm just like, honestly, why do you care so much? If there's regu- you know, I get it. Now, if you want to have a problem with the regulations, maybe maybe you don't think people should be hunting with an AR-10 to go back to a, a previous conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then that needs to be taken up with the, with the government, not with the guy that has a museum with that you know that that appreciates everything he hunts. Uh, it, it, does that? Do you see what I'm saying with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, no, right? absolutely. Like, yeah. Like, 
I don't know why people have to be so angry about hunters rather than, well, then how about we get into what what else is going on? You know, the um, the whole, you know, why, why is it allowed then? Not why do you hunt. Right. Because that's a personal thing. Just like it's a personal thing for them of why they do not hunt. Right. So. Uh, it's just, uh, I, 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 you know, I always try and articulate this as well as I can to some people who don't hunt or don't feel like it should, you know, people shouldn't hunt, period, you know, and I, f- and I go, I go back to the, um, like, logging, right, um, you know, we're out there killing trees and we're cutting down all these trees and why, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, foot on one I got a, a foot, my foot up on this deal, well, you know, it's just like, uh, it's just like um, a tree will only live for so long and then it will die, right? And then it will fall down and it rots and it goes back into the earth and, and everything else. Well, the same is for animals. And an animal's just going to die, just like us. We're all going to die, you know. Although, you know, animals maybe only live six or seven years, you know. Hopefully we live, live a lot longer than that. But it's a, you know, they're a renewable resource, basically is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, logging is a renewable resource and done correctly um, you know, it benefits everyone. And I, th- I think the same thing goes for hunting. It's a renewable resource. Um, and when done correctly, it helps everyone, you know, it helps the environment, it helps keep, uh, you know, wildlife populations in check. And so they don't get too many and maybe get sick. Uh, you know, like we have, um, CWD chronic wasting disease and we have blue tongue, we have all these terrible things. Um, because the whitetail population got just out of control. I mean, you go to some of the eastern states and you can shoot a dozen deer. I mean, you can shoot a deer a day, you know. You get one deer in Washington, right, because we don't have that many deer, but it's still, it's regulated. People pay a bunch of money for it. You know, there's billions and billions and billions of dollars, you know, go into it that benefit a ton of different stuff, you know, and most of that is, is you know, the environment. Like, say, for instance, going back to your Cascade Hiker podcast, you know, um, it helps keep public lands public, helps maintain some of that stuff, helps keep trails open. You know, there's, uh, you know, what is the Pittman Roberts fund? I'm probably getting that wrong. That sounds there's right. A, there's a yeah. tax, right? And the, yeah. But all that goes back. You know, everything goes back, everything gets used, and it's, um, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure, you know, some money gets wasted here and there, but same with anything else. You know, you, you donate to the Red Cross, all that money doesn't go to the people, you know, it has to go to the people that, you know, run the phones and do the stuff. Like there's always money that gets spent somewhere, but at the same time, it's, it's starting the flywheel and and getting that going and getting the idea and the, and the thought behind it. Okay, let's try and let's try and manage something for the betterment of that something, right? We, as as hunters in general, I'm going to speak in general right now. You, me, everyone that hunts, we don't hunt to to wipe out deer. You know, what I spend a bunch of money on stuff is because every year I go, I want there to be more deer uh, up to a point, right? To up to a healthy population, but the in I don't care how much stuff costs. You know, if I have to pay, like you go out and pay. Eighty-five dollars for a box of shells. Well, a portion of that's going to wildlife management conversation. Uh, <laughs> I can't Whoa. talk right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So conservation, you know. So it's a, uh, it's something that, you know, us as hunters, always want 
animals to be there, right? Um, and it's and it's one of those deals to where we're willing to pay for it. We have paid for it, and we want to keep doing it. And there's always, like I said, there's always going to be two sides to a coin. There's people going to be against it, and there's people going to be for it, and that's and that's fine. It's just coming to a common grounds to where we're n- either side's not trying to hurt the other side mm-hmm. um you know or you know bad mouth it or get on social media and say you know like someone posts a picture they shot a whatever and then there's people on social media saying oh i hope you die hope your kids die like really people come on yeah. we're, we're better than that you know uh and i'm sure some of them are just kids or whatever that are dumb and don't realize you know they haven't grown up and uh but social media allows that platform to everyone have a voice and unfortunately not everyone should have a voice you right. know so, um, I know a couple of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. One thing that you, while you're talking there that kind of made me think too, is, uh, going back to the regulations. So, um, uh, if it, I feel like for the most part, regulations are pretty solid right now. Um, they're, when you hear about, Oh, they, you know, they're talking about delisting this or talking about taking this off a delist or whatever. And just it, it's not like it's just a oh, let's flip the coin, decide whether we're going to do this. There's a lot that goes into it. Right. Uh, so I, but then when you talk about that, like, oh, well, uh, I'm going to speak for all hunters. You say, well, I don't want to wipe out all the animals. No, you don't. But you want to follow the rules to a T. And who's following who's 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 setting those rules? Let's make sure those are the right people. Right. And, right. and maybe maybe I'd want to talk to somebody who's against hunting to find out, do you have a problem with that person making those decisions? Because, because there was a problem with that when you, when you get in what you were talking about logging mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, we all live in wood houses. At least most of us do. Right. Uh, we need wood. Um, but there was a problem, whether it was in the sixties or seventies, I'm not sure when, right. Where forests, I mean, we were, we were wiping out some stuff and the replanting wasn't all there at the right. time. You know, um, there was some issues. And because whoever was setting the regulations left it wide open. And so at some point there has to be like today, uh, in today's world, I should say, um, maybe, well, there was a, there was a very popular one was up North. Um, there's a hike, um, oh man, now <laughs> senior moment, oh, senior moment, um, uh, it's it's real popular, <laughs> real popular <laughs> hike, and I can't think of it because I uh, oyster dome. Okay, so the oyster dome hike up uh, Chuckanut. Okay, and um, in in one of the so those mountains are managed by DNR, I believe, or or somebody, but it's state ran, and uh, there are certain areas up there that are slotted. They say, hey, look, back in who knows when they said this area here, we're going to log it X amount of years every twenty years, thirty years, whatever it is. And that money is going to go to such and such thing. So let's say uh, it's something like that's going to go towards Skagit County Schools. And that's that's a legit thing. Like, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's if it's like this plot of land is directly towards only Mount Vernon School District or whatever it may be, but they've actually got that down to where it's like, hey, we're going to log this. All the funds are going to go into that school district, and that's a pretty cool system. They set that a long time ago. Well, the hiking community and then people that just in general decided they would join the, the party said, no, I don't want that to happen. Hmm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say which side of the fence I was on because I honestly, I, I didn't know all the facts to begin with. So at first, 
I was like, well, heck, no, they shouldn't be logging that. And then I found out about all this stuff. So, so I, I honestly don't even know where I sit with that. Right. I, okay, you know, because I like that they've done that and they set that a long time ago, and it seems like a pretty good thing to me. Right. Like, yeah, we need funding for schools, so uh, you know, it makes sense they did that. But um, well, anyway, they raised some money or whatever to make it so it didn't have to happen. Hmm. Well, that's good too. Or right. maybe they maybe they shifted some money and some also got raised or whatever. But. Uh, but my point is, is that there, there could, as long as the regulations are set and the thing, let's not complain about it. Then today, like well, with, the, with the hunting, we have some some pretty smart people looking right. into those numbers, and there's some scientists and people are, you know, they know how many they know a very good average of how many bears and how many deer and all the stuff right. are out there. So let's let them run it, and let's not sit back on our high horse and try to act like nobody should be doing it, right? Yeah, I think uh, that's a a really good point to bring up, especially for this year in Washington state. So as people who aren't uh, aware, Washington state has the highest black bear population in the lower 48. And typically the west side of the state opened August 1st and the east side of the state opened August 15th. It was two weeks later. It's hotter in the east side of the state. It's uh, generally more open. It's easier to spot a bear, hunt bear, just because it's basically we're in rainforest right here on on the west side. Um, but what happened was they um, they changed the rules uh, a while, long, long time ago. Um, I don't know, 90s, I think it was, where they uh, outlawed hunting um, bears with dogs, right? Oh, so it made okay. it harder, right? Well, more bears, more bears, more bears, fast forward, more bears. Now, all of a sudden, they so we have a two-bear limit on the west side of the state and a one-bear limit on the east side of the state. Well, now they bumped it up to two bears, and they opened the state up early on the east side because we're we, it's we're getting too many bears, right? And so that kind of goes back to, you know, you need to have these people who specialize in this, biologists, and uh, they go in and they say, okay, you know, you're you you know, a healthy black bear population is X amount of bears per square mile or what, however they do it, and you know, and once you start exceeding that population guess what happens? You know, they open the season early, they up the the bag limit. And once it gets down to where it's man, you know, supposed to be, okay, this is, this is the green zone, right? This is where it's supposed to, this is how many bears are supposed to have per square mile. Then they're going to change the seasons again. And then mm. they'll change the bag limit again. And that's the way it should be. It should be always be fluctuating and moving, but at the same time, it needs to be science-based. It needs to be backed by facts because there's a lot of people who feel like certain things should happen and they don't have any of the facts. They don't know. They're just going on emotion. Well, the world, that's not the way it works, right? Just because you feel a certain way doesn't make it right. And just because you're louder than everyone else doesn't make you right either. So, for instance, they they banned um, grizzly bear hunting in Canada solely based on emotion. This, mm. you know, like the science was not there. It was it was not fact-based. It was, it was, a, it was, I'm sure it's going to come back because it was, a, it was a poorly based decision. It was a political decision, you know. Um, you get enough pissed off people on Facebook, they can change just about anything, right? Yeah. No, ma- no matter if they're wrong or not. Um, for now, anyways, right? I mean, I'm sure it'll just, it, it, and then they change it back later. But um, it's the same type of thing. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not a biologist. I have no idea how many bears per square mile are supposed to be. But apparently there's too many because they opened it early and they upped the bag limit, right? 
there's still a one deer bag limit. There's still a one elk bag limit. There's very strict rules and regulations on what you can shoot and when you can shoot it, you know, in this tight, you know, we got like a one week season in mm. a lot of spots, you know, you go to Montana and the seasons are months long. When you go to Montana, there's a lot more critters over there. So, yeah. uh, well, there was also that deal with the cougars too, right? I mean, right. cougars in the same boat when you're talking about the black bears were, mm-hmm. yeah, no more dogs. And then the next thing you know, now we start hearing about people getting attacked by cougars. Yeah. And yeah. the funny thing is, is me being in the hiking community, I'll see, you know, somebody will post a picture of a bear they saw on some certain trail. And, uh, and it's the funniest thing, man, because all these people who might otherwise be against hunting, oh, man, I'm not going there. That's scary or whatever. Right. Did you run or were you scared? And it's right. just like, holy crap, you know, for one thing, I've, I've seen a ton of bears out there, and, you know, they just run the other way or whatever. Right. But you don't, you certainly don't want somebody to hunt it, do you? Yeah. And I had, I, I, I had the pleasure to interview a guy. Um, I can't remember. I feel bad that I don't remember the organization, but it's like a um, – they're, they're not uh, government-based. They're private, so – they're on their own, but they they oversee and help in in the process of knowing how many animals there are and things. And oh, okay. um, he was saying something at the time. This was two years ago. Well, he was. They were really big back in the grizzly rehabilitation. Okay. Uh, and so I had him on to talk about that. But he was talking about black bears, and he said there's over thirty thousand black bears in Washington State. And when when I heard that, that blew my mind. Yeah. And I bet you there's a lot of people out there that don't hunt and don't go out there and see them. That that would surprise them as well because that is a ton of bears yeah yeah i want to say it's it's mid to high 30s right now and that's i mean that's a lot of bears yeah i mean that's a lot of bears yeah and i i mean i don't i mean census wise i'm sure that's incredibly difficult to calculate and the same goes for cougar but man like you're saying there's you know every week every week you google you know cougar attack boop you know utah colorado washington Idaho, Oregon, Montana, you know, it's happening all the time, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, they change the rules and regulations because people get these, these feelings, right? And they're really loud about it. And there's some people that just decide, okay, we're going to buckle and just do whatever these people say because it's easier just to, you know, just to change something if there's no pushback from the other side because the hunters aren't screaming and yelling and being obnoxious and, you know, it's just these, you know, some, some people, you know, obviously not all people, but it just, it doesn't take a lot of people to be, to, to change something when they're, the other side's just, you know, agreeable, oh, whatever, you know, if these people are going to be jerks, I'd rather just not fight them, you know, so I, f- I feel like um, it's unfortunate that there's people like that that will force the other side to combat it. It's like, it's like this coming next year. I am so not looking forward to this next year because it's an election year. Mm. And what's become the norm is this total slander, you know, Democrat versus Republican. Each side is terrible to each other. I absolutely hate it. It's the worst thing in the world. But, you know, once somebody gets going, they're like, oh, that works because, you know, they're winning. So I'm going to do it back to them. You know, and it's like it's like little kids fighting. You know, yeah, maybe nobody wins. And yeah, like I hate it. It's like, I mean, like you got to shut the Facebook off for that year, you know, yeah. and not get on there. And it's both sides. I mean, it's 100 percent both sides, you know, so I, I just it's just disgusting. It's one of the things I, did, I just absolutely hate. But uh, one of the funny things about that, I had to side note uh, is, is, is every once in a while I'll get on there. 
I barely ever get involved in any kind of political anything. And uh, but every once in a while I'll say, you know, a little something, just say, hey, you know, here's kind of how I feel. Right. And they say, and immediately it's, well, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, blah blah. So well, hold on. Just because I disagreed with what you said right. doesn't make me the opposite of you. Right. It means I disagree with the one thing you said. Right. How funny that you would assume that I was whatever, you know? Yeah. And it's so funny when people just there's such a just one way or the other, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, that's why it's best just to stay out. But but I, I just think those finger pointers are pretty funny because usually it's you know what they say one one finger pointing at me is and there's right. three pointing back at you. you right. Know? Yeah, that's kind of funny. You know, just just because I may not ag- agree with everything a vegan says doesn't mean I don't like salad. Yeah, you know? yeah. I love salad, Caesar salad. If everyone's listening, <laughs> that's my jam. Yeah, it was uh, one thing Facebook's good for though. On on that note, is uh, is you know some memes and things and. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not a hunter, right? To a certain extent, up to this point in my life, and uh, but so I just just every once in a while. We'll catch things that probably everybody listening to this probably already seen it, but you know, it was a, a funny meme I saw the other day with the the deer eating a blade of grass, and and the and the, the meme said like, "I shot this deer so the uh, because he was eating all your food or something <laughs> right, like that." Right. <laughs> I know it's uh, it's probably yeah. an old school joke, but let's well, end her there. Thanks, oh, Chris. righty. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Please rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at I Will Hunt Podcast. Same on Facebook and Twitter. Check out the website at IWillHunt.com. And you can always send us ideas or feedback. IWillHuntPodcast at gmail.com. This episode featured Chris Cantrell. Follow him on Instagram at Cantrell Outdoors. Thanks to Jack Mattingly and the Whiskey Fever for creating a theme song for the show. Check them out at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Tell me who you see there waiting in the grass Silent like a graveyard, lakes a sheet of glass And I will hunt till I find what I'm looking for And I will hunt from the heartland to the shore And I may not find nothing and my rifle turns to rust I will hunt